Thank you for tuning in. This is the Fit Minute Podcast, where we talk all things health, fitness, and lifestyle. And now for the show. Welcome back. I'm your host, Gabby Mazar. And on today's episode, I have John Winters of Lifestyle Performance Training. He is a personal trainer and he works specifically one-on-one with people, which is great because you get that personal attention. Uh, I think nowadays we work so much with group training and that one-on-one attention is so necessary for people. So John, welcome to the show today. Hi, Gabby. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about yourself first and how you got started, why you got started in personal training, and uh, just tell me about yourself and your business. Yeah. Uh, So I've been doing this for over two decades now. Kind of grew up in gyms. My mom and dad ended up meeting each other through lifting um, when they were in the army uh, before anything overly romantic sprouted. Um, But because of that, I've, I've been raised in gyms, literally, like I've been in multiple, you know, daycare environments in different gyms and clubs around the country. I got moved from station to station with my dad's duty postings uh, and you know, pretty much brought up with the whole aspect of making fitness part of your lifestyle, regardless of what else may be going on in your day to day because of what it allows you to still do performance-wise, whether it be, you know, for example, one of the reasons why I got brought up with it is my dad always had to stay fit for work in the military. Um, but even after it was like, well, if I want to be able to still do the things for sports with you guys, I've got to work out. If I want to be able to, you know, last longer and do other things, I have to maintain my flexibility, my strength, my balance, and, and you know, minimize other health risks, you have to stay active rather than just letting yourself be sedentary, even if the physical requirements of work aren't there to make you do it. Um, So it just kind of got brought up with that lifestyle. But as I got older, you know, obviously I got into it and, you know, did other, you know, some sports in in high school, but predominantly just focused on my own kind of, you know, strength training to the point where people often approached me for help with their stuff. Uh, in high school and then kind of had the revelation that people actually get paid for that. Um, and it happily coincided with a local gym opening um, near the neighborhood um, as I was graduating. And that's where I got my first actual paid personal training job, uh, put myself through college doing personal training, um, got my kinesiology degree from LSU. Uh, and I've been doing some form of training, whether it be in a gym. Um, I did some corporate health coaching for a while with some business business contracts. Um, and then I did my own thing for a little bit, went back to corporate um, gyms as a director um, for a national company. Um, and then after the lockdowns, ended up getting back into my own brand and decided after seeing how gyms treat their trainers and it hadn't gotten any better since the last time I was in there, I wanted to kind of create a change in in that environment and allow there to be a place where trainers can have a place where they can earn a fair income, have benefits and provide for themselves and a family and be just great trainers without feeling like they have to move into um, managerial roles or other positions that tend to burn people out in this industry. So speaking of that, what what makes 
your facility different as, in regards to that? Because I know um, like in a corporate setting, a lot of trainers have to do sales and a lot of trainers have to, you know, find their own clients and, and do a lot of the work. And really what, what personal trainers want to do is they want to work with the clients. They want to be with the clients and do what they love. So tell me what makes what you do different and what your gym is different uh, as opposed to some of those other corporate facilities mm -hmm. or other places. Uh, the biggest thing, first and foremost, is we only do one-on-one -on -one training. Uh, there's no group classes. There's no passive membership base coming in and out of the gym and, and um, keeping trainers away from different pieces of equipment and, and kind of interrupting sessions. It's just clients and trainers focusing on their own workouts and helping them achieve their goals. Um, we tend to pay the same, if not more, than just about any other competitor in the area as far as their pay per session rate goes. Um, but we also provide health benefits, which is something that very few gyms actually provide for trainers at just the trainer level. Yeah, you don't you don't see that in in the industry very much at all. Um, it's it's very difficult for uh, a trainer to find a career uh, mm -hmm. that they get benefits. It's not it's not really a, a benefit type job. Uh, yeah. So it is nice it really to is. have have that option because you don't have 401k, you don't have health yeah. health benefits, you don't really have uh, that type of security in in job, which I think mm -hmm. is why we see so many personal trainers move from job to job to job to job or from facility to facility or try to go out on their own too because uh, a lot of trainers will start somewhere and then go somewhere else and then try to start their own business because you know there is no security so you're you're finding that with a client a client wants to stay with somebody they want to have somebody that they know they like they trust they know that that person is is knowledgeable they know that that person is going to be there and help them but if people are yeah. moving around so much you don't you don't have that that relationship because because they don't have the security in their job either yeah and it's really d difficult on both ends of that uh, one of my biggest frustrations as a director when i was working for the national chain i lost an amazing trainer simply because she turned 27. and lost her insurance she lost her insurance through her parents' coverage, and there was no way I could get the company to provide her with benefits. So she had to find something else because she needed the coverage because she had some regular medications needed for chronic conditions. And she said, like, she loved working there. She didn't have a problem with anything. It was just she needed benefits. And it just yeah. killed me as a, as a manager to lose an amazing employee, an amazing trainer, because it's something stupid as we're not willing to provide benefits for that position. Yeah, and that's really, really unfortunate because now you also have the clients that are at a loss too. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, and the, the facility clients. loses out, but you know, yeah. the facility is losing those clients as well and that income as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it just yeah. didn't make any sense to me. And that was one of the biggest things when I set out to start my own studio was that we're going to keep amazing trainers because we're going to pay the same if not more than what they would make anywhere else but we're also going to provide additional employee benefits that they just can't find anywhere else 
So let's switch, let's switch gears here from, you know, from the trainer side to the client side. What mm-hmm. was your goal? What was your goal when you set out opening your own place to cater to the client, to cater to each individual? What, what were you trying to achieve and, and what do you want to achieve in your business with, with each individual person? Yeah. Um, my primary goal uh, as a, as a studio is creating an environment where anyone can feel comfortable and confident in starting a fitness pursuit to better their wellness and their health. Um, Very many gyms are, they're loud, they're crowded. Um, It's a very intimidating atmosphere for someone who doesn't like being around a lot of people, doesn't like, you know, really loud noises, you know, doesn't know what they're doing with any of the equipment, it's hard for someone who's struggling with everything else health-wise to say, yeah, I'm gonna go in here and do this, um, where we wanna step in and provide kind of that safe haven for them where you know there's not a big group class going on anywhere in the background. There's not hundreds of other members who are doing their own workout anywhere. You never have to worry about someone you know, trying to film you just to embarrass you on social media. Uh, our place is meant to be that safe place for anyone to get started and feel comfortable and confident doing that. Regardless yeah, that's, of what we're starting at. I agree. I think one of the things I always really struggled with because I, I, you know, I, I did work in a, a gym at one point uh, doing memberships and having to do sales. And, and something I always struggled with is the large group classes or boot camp type classes because to me it it is very intimidating even to me as a trainer because it's i i don't even like it i don't even like going into a class of 20 30 40 people because Mm -hmm. you know i don't know anybody in there i don't know what the class is going to be like i don't know what the teacher is going to be like you know and that's how i feel so imagine if somebody that doesn't know what they're doing doesn't know anything about the gym, doesn't know, you know, how to do the exercises feels going into a class. And then imagine if they do it incorrectly and get hurt. And that right. to me, I, I always feel like I just, it never sat well with me. It, it still doesn't sit well with me. And, and we, I do group classes at my studio, but we cap our classes at seven people. And I think, I, I think that, if you can maintain enough people where you can still take care of each person as an individual and still watch each person, make sure they're doing it correct, correctly, make sure they feel comfortable, feel safe, and, and feel like they're in a comfortable environment, I think that's where you need to be. But once you start to get into that 20, 30, 40, 50 people, yeah. you're no longer able to watch those people to even make sure that they're doing yeah. it correctly and unless someone's just blatantly like at risk you're just not going to be able to catch it and even if they are at risk in that level of crowd being able to vocalize the correction and them to understand you're talking to them to fix it but also not immortifyly embarrass them so they never come right. back it's definitely a very difficult dynamic uh, to, to to work in on either end, um, and even as a, you know a trainer, where some of the places I've subletted before, um, 
you know, they had their group classes going in a different part of the studio, but, you know, it would go all evening long and, Mm -hmm. you know, going home hoarse because I'm trying to speak over group Mm -hmm. class, music, banging, clanging, and and shouting from the instructor. It's not the most fun thing uh, for me, let alone someone who's, you know, not comfortable in a loud crowded environment even though they signed up for you know just one-on-one training with me they still had to deal with the environment of everything else going on in the rest of the studio and that was just something that when I set out from my own place wanted to try and keep control of as it were where um, I only really per location intend to have any no more than about five trainers training someone at one time to keep that balance of one-on-one private environment versus loud, precarious, and, and eclectic noise. Yeah. And I think I think the difference too with that kind of private environment is that you're creating a relationship with someone. Mm-hmm. And although there are groups where they have, you know, you're creating that camaraderie. And I think there are people that need that too. They need that group atmosphere to have that camaraderie, that um you know, that feeling of community. Mm-hmm. And although I do think that's great as well, but as the trainer, you're trying to create a relationship with that person because you're trying to create that trust. You're trying to create mm-hmm. that trust that you know what you're doing is correct to be able to teach them to do the right things and to guide them in the right way. So you have to create that relationship. And I feel like it's a lot more difficult in a different type of setting to create that type of relationship. And I think, I don't know, I I, I don't know. It's just, it never sat right with me in those large, large groups because I just Mm -hmm. feel like you don't, you don't get to know the individual. You don't get to know each of them specifically, their injuries, their ailments, their lives, you know, you have such a personal relationship. I'm every one of my clients. I know their kids. I know their families. I know when someone dies. I know when they get married. I know, you know, if they've had a bad day or, you know, they're going out of town or whatever it is. And sometimes you Mm -hmm. might forget because you get them mixed up because you have, but you have that relationship, have that connection. personal yeah. connection. Right. Yeah. Exactly. You know, and, and I, I'm a big believer in that. You know, I, I understood so much that the connection with the person and not just what they're doing physically with you, but what's going on in their life side of the gym is so important that, you know, I've done, you know, 200 hours of life coaching training to be able to be more effective in helping them outside of what they're doing with me to be better in all aspects of of balancing their life and their health, Uh, because that's usually what gets people in trouble. It's not being able to deal with the other adversities or challenges that come up in day-to-day life. And if you can't get that support somewhere, that's when basic things like staying active, better nutrition choices, managing stress end up going by the wayside. And I think that's where the one-on-one personal approach really benefits most people in that I've had sessions where they don't want to talk. They just want their butt kicked and that's fine. But I've also had sessions where 
we don't do a whole lot of exercise because they need just a coaching session to get their or head just to back. cry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They just need that session to refocus themselves mentally and emotionally to get back on the right track with things instead of having a complete breakdown and, you know, not getting back to things for another, you know, three months, six months, a year, which is often the case for people when we get derailed with things. Yeah, that's so true. It, it is very true because at the end of the day, your health, your fitness and your overall health are, are very much intertwined. It's if you're not in the right headspace and you come in and you're doing a hard workout and you're just not there, you're not with it. That's not, that's not really what you should be doing. If that's, if that's what you need that day, that's what you need that day. But if, if you're, if you're having a bad day and you're not there, you could risk getting injured mm -hmm. because, you know, you might misstep or you might be thinking about something else and you might, you know, turn the wrong way and twist something or hurt, you know, you never yeah. know. So there's, you have to kind of be in tune with that person as well. So it is, it is mm -hmm. such a personal relationship. And I think you really, you build that. And, and I don't know, I, I just, I do, I definitely understand having that private personal connection of that, of those one-on-one. And especially like you said, the, like the loud pumping music, that's never been my space either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's too loud. I don't need that. <laughs> in, in aspects of like, I know what you mentioned about creating community and stuff. And I feel like we can, we still push that, even though we don't have like a class you know, there's still, you know, clients are coming and going kind of overlapping. There's yeah. you know, other staff members that have their own clients and, you know, they get to know each other. There's community, you know, I've had clients that the only way they know these people are from our studio where they've brought gifts um, for, you know, because they knew one of their kids was having their first grandbaby for them soon. So they brought something in for, for the grandbaby and, and, or, you know, someone was going through a tough time they brought something to help them get through it. So community can still be there if you nurture the right environment. It doesn't mm -hmm. have to have a huge, huge crowd to accomplish that. It, it's just a matter of what do you all try and allow to be created in your space? Yeah, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And I think, I think that's the great thing about it too, is that even though you might have smaller groups coming and going, but you do have different people coming and going at the same time, they get to know each other too. And they mm -hmm. might get to know each other a little better. And it might create a little more camaraderie than say a bigger group may create more animosity. I think or sometimes yeah. or isolation it kind of, that's I think that's mm -hmm. more the word that mm -hmm. I was thinking because sometimes uh like in those bigger groups you have people that kind of group together you have mm -hmm. you know these few people that group over here and these few people that group over here whereas right. if you have less people in that community you you don't really create those separate yeah. clicky groups so you know I do see that as well there you know you do have the different types of uh, of people and environments as well, which is, mm -hmm. which is very nice. But so as far as people, um, that you work with most, what, what exactly do you think most of your clientele come in to see you for? Um, predominantly it, it's people who have 
been either building careers, families, businesses, or a combination thereof, um, but along the way, um, kind of sacrificed their health and well-being a little too much to get there. And, and most people end up having some sort of oh god moment where they realize that they're just they're not the spring chicken they used to be. Um, whether that be uh, you know a doctor's physical that comes back with test results that they need to address, or if it comes back to, you know, having to pull an outfit out of the closet and realizing that the buttons don't align anymore, um, or that there's new milestones coming up and they want to look good for family photos for their, you know, child's wedding, fruit, whatever that's coming up and things of that nature. It's people who have kind of let themselves go as it were and, and have had the realization that, okay, I need to do something to fix this before it gets to be too late. Yeah. I think it's interesting the tip, different type of trainers, how they see have different type of clientele. For me, the, that mostly the people that I see are people who have had a lot of like injuries and are kind of in a different stage of their life where they just want to kind of build strength and just be healthier Mm -hmm. and just in better shape going later into life. I I don't really see a lot of like weight loss clients, a lot of people that want to lose massive amounts of weight or, or or they just want to feel better and be a little fitter, a little healthier and Mm -hmm. do that for the rest of their life. I think that's kind of the Pilates, the Pilates environment, you know? I can never see that. Yeah, yeah, they, I I see a lot of people that have had a lot of injuries or, you know, surgeries or, or things that have kind of taken them out from other types of exercise. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of interesting how, different people work with different types of clientele. I I used to work more with weight loss, but I I feel like that wasn't really my niche. It wasn't really, it wasn't really what suited me best. Um, But yeah, I mean, I I, I love- It's challenging because too much of our culture is on the need it now focus when it comes to weight loss, where, you know, our approach here is more lifestyle change to create a sustainable- weight for yourself rather than yeah. one more crash diet that you're going to hate and not stick with once you got get to your goal. Um, we want people to learn all the aspects of a lifestyle balance, not just to lose weight, but to keep it gone. That's the reason why I, I try and push people like, you don't want to lose weight because seeing that you want to lose something implies the need to find it again later. Yeah. Uh, we, we want to let go, release it, and get rid of it. So it Absolutely. Uh, so, and that requires, you know, habit change, behavior change, different approaches to things. Um, you know, we do prioritize um, nutrition with strength training uh, more than just crash dieting and, and cardio, because I want your metabolism to be stronger when you leave here than when you started. Mm-hmm. Whereas mo- most crash diets actually end up destroying and suppressing people's metabolisms. Uh, in order to accomplish that rapid, rapid weight loss, uh, which is probably one of the more common uh, client that we see is someone who's tried multiple diets and now they've gotten to a point where nothing's working anymore because they've kind of jacked that metabolic system up too much along the way. 
And I think that that's really, 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 really common. And I, I found that so many times over and over, you know, over the last 15 years that I, you know, I kind of steered away from that. And I just let people that were, were better at that and better at kind of catering to those people. Um, because there's definitely trainers, you know, like you that are mm -hmm. good at better at saying like, this is what you should follow. This is what you do. These are the behavior changes. This is this is how you can make these behavior changes, you know, whereas for me, I feel like I'm really good at coming in and saying, you know, these are your injuries. This is how we can work around that. This is how we can make your body function better and feel better. And and you can be stronger and not have pain as mm -hmm. opposed to you know the nutrition aspect i felt like i wasn't great at getting people to conform to any sort of habit changes when it came to that but yeah. i'm really good at getting people to conform to committing to a workout program you know yeah. i can get people to come in three times a week i can get people to even do exercise outside of what i do but getting people to say, you know, change those habits out, out outside of eating and maybe not drinking soda or cutting back on whatever. I just, I, I don't know why it was not my, it was just not in my wheelhouse. But for some reason, you know, getting people to go home and stretch, you know, they'll come in and they'll be like, oh, I, I stretched three times this week. And I'm like, got it. Yes, let's do this. Yeah. But they're like, oh, I went out and had margaritas last night. And I'm like, damn it. Why? You know, <laughs> why can I, you know, I, so I, I think that there are just some trainers that are really good at, at keeping people motivated in different ways, you know. It, it's definitely a balance. And, and that's one of the benefits I've had of working in a couple of different avenues in the industry. Um, the, especially when we were doing the health coaching uh, for business to business, it was all done telephonically, and we only met at most once a month with a, with a person for a phone call. Um, so it was very small focus based on what you've got going on. This is what should be changed. Let's pick one or two things to accomplish this month. Okay, how do you want to accomplish those one or two things? That's your goal. That's your game plan. We're going to talk next month mm -hmm. and kind of go over, okay, what happened? How did it go? Uh, and it really kind of shifted my perspective because I had gone into that position where everything was always like, this is your meal plan and you're working out with me X amount of times per week. And then you're just constantly battling with your client over, you know, why didn't you follow your menu plan? Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? Whereas putting them in the driver's seat of let's pick one or two things that you can isolate and accomplish now. And we'll build on more success next time we talk. Mm -hmm. um, really, really shifted my perspective on focus with it. Um, it's made my life easier uh, from, from a client management standpoint, because we have kind of taken that approach into what I do here, where when it comes to the nutritional side of things is we provide guidance, but the choices are the clients to make. And then we coach around their experiences with those choices. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which makes it a lot easier because it ultimately it's their decision. It it's is their and decision. It, and, the, 
And the challenge right. is if it's not their choice, they're not going to stick with it, which isn't right. conducive to those lifelong habits and behaviors that we're trying to instill so they can sustain progress for the long right. term. And and you also have to understand, too, that you're fighting lifelong habits already. Mm -hmm. yeah. So you're trying to change habits that someone has created from the time they were two, three, four, five, six years old. Mm -hmm. You know, so now you're 45 years old and you've been doing the same thing for 40 years. So it's going to take a lot of time for someone to change habits, even if it's okay. something as small as not drinking soda. Or not, I mean, that might not, might not be small. I don't drink soda, but like it, something it, like it that. It depends or, on the person. Some have a real big, real big addiction with it, but it also right. becomes one of those things where now we say like, okay, this is what you've been doing. Okay. How did you feel with this? Like, well, I'm getting tired every day at 3 PM or I'm hungry before my lunchtime comes like, okay, well, let's look at what you're eating. And then we, that's where the education piece comes in and be like, well, you know, hey, with the balance of what you're having for breakfast, this is why you're getting hungry two hours later. Mm -hmm. If we tweak your portions here, the foods aren't necessarily bad. It's just the ratio that you decided to dish yourself needs to be adjusted. And that'll help you have more fullness longer. And, you know, that treat that you're having mid-afternoon is nothing but sugar. That's why you're crashing around three or four o'clock PM because your body is literally not able to handle the sugar rush and balance yourself properly. If now, then it just becomes a discussion like, okay, are you eating this out of habit? Are you eating out of a need because you're hungry or was it just there and you could reach it and, and kind of seeing like, okay, what was the cause of that? And then, you know, we educate around that of what we can do differently for yeah. better experiences because people, you don't appreciate the impact of that, of what we nourish and feed ourselves has on our feelings, behavior, and just overall kind of mind, mind focus throughout the day until it's kind of there in black and white when we do compare it with journaling of, well, I felt like shit yesterday. Well, what did you eat? <laughs> yeah. Well, and also, I mean, a lot of times people don't realize how they feel. Like oh, they absolutely. think that that they think that that's just how they feel. When you think so, it's your norm, it's hard to identify it. But once you've had good days and we've elevated whatever what good feels like, that old normal no longer feels good, and you're trying mm -hmm. to figure out like, well, th this used to be okay. Why why does it suck now? And it's mm -hmm. like, well, we've shown you what better feels like. So now you have a different comparison of what that day to day actually can be when we elevate that now it's hard to go back to those old behaviors because this doesn't feel as good as it used to when this feels so much better yeah yeah john i'm gonna leave that that to you i'm gonna leave that piece all to you <laughs> <laughs> i'm just gonna do the fun stuff <laughs> that's fine that's fine I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do the stuff I like and I, I had a client the other day and and uh it was it was a lot of fun actually because she had uh SI dysfunction she had um an ulnar and a radial nerve injury and uh replacement and dealing with that it was so challenging but so much fun like that's mm -hmm. the stuff that really lights my fire because it's like right. 
how am I going to modify these specific exercises to be able to allow her to do these things and to get her to a point where she can modify it to get her into a class. So right. I'm working with her privately and I like in my head, my head is just spinning and spinning and spinning and spinning. I'm like, oh, this is so cool. This is so fun. You know, mm -hmm. okay, let's do this. How does this feel? How do we do here? How's this, how's this resistance? How, you know, and like that's, you know, those are the things that I, I really love because to me, that's such a challenge. It's like a puzzle piece. It's like you're trying to fit all the pieces together to be able to get her to her body to properly function and correct itself to be able to do the things that it's supposed to do. And that like, that's, that's what really is, you know, that's, that's my passion. That's where I oh, yeah, really sure. thrive, you know, so I'm, I'm going to leave the, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to leave the corrective that stuff to you. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. It, it works for us. And one of the reasons why nutritionally we can help people so much is with our emphasis on strength training, uh, working on kind of rebuilding people's metabolisms back up, both from a nutritional standpoint, but actually nourishing their body again so it can work at optimal levels. But then by helping them build some additional muscle mass, what a lot of people don't realize is your muscle mass is the easiest way to impact your metabolic output. So yep. when you train at the right level and at the right frequency, we now keep your metabolism at a higher level on a consistent basis than what it was when we came in where, you know, I've had uh, clients come in that have worked with a while. And I had one lady at the end of last Christmas season and had the realization. She's like, you know what? Last Christmas was the first time I didn't gain 20 pounds, but I didn't journal. I wasn't tracking anything. It's just like, well, like you, we've lifted your metabolism up so much that the extra eating that you do doesn't have as negative of an impact for you anymore. And when, because you kept consistent with your exercises, you burned that much more on top of it. So the extras here and there are relatively negated. So you have more room for enjoyment, for fun. And the other benefit of strength training is it, it's what provides the shape and the sculpting for these bodies that everyone aspires to. Everyone wants to lose weight because they want to look like these, you know, sexy, cool bodies, but they don't realize that it's muscles that are giving that tonality, that shape and right. that structure that lets it look so good. Whereas if you just focus on trying to lose as much weight as possible, you can lose half of that weight will come from muscle mass and you still don't feel good because you don't like the way you're looking at yet, even though you lost the 20, 30 pounds, all you do yeah. is keep the, keep the same body fat ratio by lowering both fat and muscle mass. Whereas if we keep your muscle mass, maybe even a little bit more, the fat naturally comes down when we make those adjustments. And now you have the shape, the, the structure, your arms look good. Your butt looks good. Your abs can look good. Guys, you know, biceps, shoulders, and chest look good. It, it's, it's, Strength training is really, really beneficial, and people just don't aren't educated enough on the value that it can add to uh, your your health, um, especially for long term in respects to bone density, stability, balance, energy, energy exactly, mm -hmm. and, and other even other factors of cardiorespiratory health too. Because if you train at the right levels, we can still stimulate good circulation effects 
and good physiological responses in that realm too. Strength training gives a huge um, outlet for managing blood sugar independent of insulin. Uh, so it just goes a real, real long way on helping people who are concerned about other health conditions really hit the brakes and then reverse it. Yeah, and it's those lifestyle changes too that allow you to have a little bit more leeway in your everyday life because you're making those changes and you can screw up a little bit, but you still come back to what is your new norm. So now, you know, okay, yeah, you didn't work out for a couple weeks maybe and you might have eaten a little bit more, but then you come back to what is now your baseline, which is now, you know, eating better, working out a few days a week, you know, doing the things that you're supposed to be doing and not completely throwing yourself off forever. You know, you're, you're allowing yourself to have this new baseline, right? Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So if somebody is looking to get a hold of you and maybe get onto one of your programs, how do they find you? Uh, the easiest way, if you go to um, lpt.fitness, that'll take you straight to our website. Um, contact information, easiest number to call is 480-463-0364. We can set up a welcome session with anyone who's interested so we can find out more about your health and wellness goals, your health history, so there's no surprises with us on the floor, uh, and kind of identify the best plans that'll work for you before you have to make any commitments with anything. Perfect. And is there anything you want to leave our listeners with today? Uh, The biggest thing that I always emphasize for anyone who wants to impact their health and their life is start small and build on success rather than aiming big and getting frustrated and failing. I love that. I am such a a big fan of that. I tell people that all the time because I think the biggest reason people fail is because they try to do everything all at once and they can't achieve it. And you have to start small. You just start with one thing. Start, Mm -hmm. Start by just going to the gym. And if you can do that, then add something else on top of that, right? And then add on top of that and add on top of that. You know, Rome wasn't built in a day, right? Exactly. Yeah. It's easier to build on small successes than try and drive through big failures. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, thank you, John, so much for being on the show today. I super appreciate it. Um, If anybody wants to, yes, of course. If anybody wants to find him, lpt.fitness, you can find him. And uh, yeah, thanks so much. It was a great show. Thank you. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening today. And we will see you all next week. 